to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Hey, hey, friends, and welcome to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life podcast. I'm Julie Graham. And you know something I say to my little guy on the regular? Mm, I don't. What is it? I say to him, Mama's always got your back. Oh, Julie, that's sweet. I have made a point to say that phrase to him. And as I'm saying it, I think, I hope when he grows up, he remembers that I always said that to him. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm Darlene Brock. And let me think back to what my mom... Oh, I got a good one. When I was in high school and I was loading my car to go pick up my friends to go out for the night, do you know what she would say to me? (laughs) Love you, honey. Have a great time. No, be sure your sins will find you out. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? I would exit the door and put my car in drive and think, well, then I better make them count, whatever they are. Oh, that is not what she was trying to encourage you in. No, it wasn't, but you know. You took the exact opposite. Well, that is just like a teenager. (laughs) That's funny. Well, the other day, Dara and I were just kind of chatting about funny things that women say to each other, and then more specifically, funny things that our moms either said or didn't say to us. If you haven't been following the show for a while, you may or may not know that I had a sort of untraditional childhood, that's putting it lightly, and didn't actually grow up in the home with either my mom or my dad. And so, you know, I don't really have memories of certain things my mom said to me as a child, although... Now she's making up for lost time as we've I'm sure she is. grown into a beautiful relationship together. And so yeah. she does say motherly things to me now. But we were talking about how some of the things our moms said over the years are still so true. They are. But I think a lot of the time we, we look back and go, that was just the funniest thing. I can't believe she said that. I can't believe she said that. Or when she said that, I rolled my eyes so hard. (laughs) She told me they were going to fall out of my head or whatever. Right? Did your mom say that to you? Uh, Yeah, pretty much. I'm pretty sure my great grandmother, who was the one who raised me, she said that to me. Yeah. Roll your eyes like that and they'll fall out of your head. (laughs) Um, So we actually thought this could be a funny but also thought-provoking episode to just take some of those things our moms told us over the years that are actually true. But we wanted to start with ones that are just downright hilarious because we love to start with a good laugh. We do. We like that in life. But I found this on the internet, Julie, in a few different places. So I just thought it was amazing. And it starts with, my mother taught me to appreciate a job well done. Here's how she did. (laughs) If you're going to kill each other, do it outside. I just finished cleaning. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. You know, she also taught me religion. When she said, you better pray, that will come out of the carpet. (laughs) It's true. Or off the wall or uh, out Out of of your sister's hair. You did that, didn't you? Oh, I put gum in my sister's hair multiple times. Oh, no. I just was trying to make her look rough. I don't know. That's what (laughs) sisters do. Like, oh, now you're going to have to cut that out. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. (sighs) All right. So irony. My mom taught me irony by saying this. Keep crying and I will give you something to cry about. (laughs) Oh, that is a classic Isn't that classic? I know I heard that one. Oh. Uh, yeah, I will admit that I have said that to Lincoln. And as it came out of my mouth, I thought, eh, no, that's not who I want to be. I don't want to be that <laughs> yeah. mom. Well, and how many times have things come out of your mouth in the mom role and you go, oh, my word. I can't believe I just said that. Because my yeah. mom said it to me. Yep, totally. Yep. <laughs> she taught stamina. You'll sit there until the spinach is gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not good at holding that line with Lincoln. You give up? I, I do, because it's like, so, seriously, yeah. I want to move on with my life. <laughs> you do. You're so not I a... quickly go to, you'll go to bed hungry. 
Yes, you will. <laughs> there are starving kids in Africa. Isn't yes. that the next one? I say there are starving kids in Africa, and we're feeding two of them <laughs> through sponsorship programs. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, what's the yeah. next one? All oh, right. Anticipation. You just wait until we get home. Oh, 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 oh wait until your father gets home. That's yeah. one people hear a lot, too. It is. And, you know, there's nothing positive about that. It's not like, oh, when we get home, I'm getting ice cream. <laughs> you know, it is so not that. It's, oh, no. Oh, we're rounding that last corner. We're almost home. Your stomach <laughs> is, like, tied in knots. Yeah. I would ride in the back of the station wagon. Oh, I couldn't even see if we were getting home, but I could feel it. <laughs> <laughs> the anticipation. Yes. That's what it is. Oh, and the last funny one is she taught justice. By saying, one day you'll have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you. Oh, dear. Now, that wasn't said positively. That wasn't in your stellar, I brought the report card home and got A's on it moment, (laughs) was it now? Oh, that's funny. I actually think I've also already said this to Lincoln, which is obnoxious at four. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, these make us laugh. Uh, I'm going to put these in the show notes because you're going to want to read those again. But yeah, we've heard all of the funny phrases, but what we really wanted to unpack on this specific episode are those truth phrases that at first, as a preteen, as a tween, you heard them and you did want to roll your eyes. But now as a grown woman, you want to reflect on the truth that was actually embedded in those phrases that she was trying to instill into your soul Mm -hmm. by saying them. And whether you had the relationship with your mom or your mom said them to you, somebody's mom did. So you need to apply them to your life. Yeah. Or maybe you need to be working them into the things that you say to your kids. Yes, absolutely. So I want to start with this one, Julie. Always act like a lady. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Every time the word lady is bantered about in our discussions, you kind of go, lady, in I fact. Know. I just, I kind of twitch a little because I'm you like, do, oh. You twitch a I'm, lot. I'm doing it less though because you really have taught me the importance of the word lady. Yeah. I mean, years ago when we first started this or before we started. Do you know how many years ago that was? I don't know. I, I think don't it's know. it's been like five years. Oh my word. We were, we were discussing what it was going to be entitled and I said, what, ladies like us. And I think you look like you couldn't fathom why that would come out of my mouth. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I couldn't control my face. I'm not really good at controlling my face. <laughs> you are not. I've gotten a little better, do you think? Yeah, you have. Okay, good. So what she's saying, friends, is when Darlene and I first met and began discussing the idea she had for what is now called the Grit and Grace Project, which you're welcome, everyone. Don't you like that better? Um, she originally- <laughs> Okay, it was in the list. All right, give okay, me that. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, you came up with that too. I'll give you that full credit. Okay, thanks. But you, you had the idea of ladies like us because you loved the word lady because the truth is is it comes with a sense of respect or class that it's that that term that was traditionally equal with gentlemen yeah it was a very upstanding honorable honorable respected and in fact it was once used to describe women of high social class or status yeah so when you give me all of that backstory i appreciate it more but it's just when I first hear it, I think of old lady. I can't help myself. <laughs> okay. Although as I'm getting older, I'm not as scared about being seen in the light of maybe an older, wiser lady. Yeah. And I think it drills down to, it kind of makes you think, I want to be respected. I deserve to be respected. And when mm-hmm. you act like you should be, you are. Yeah. You definitely command respect when you carry yourself that way. So always act like a lady. I say we start bringing that back. I might put that on a quote board and post it on our social media sometime soon. (laughs) And somebody will roll their eyes and go, what are you talking about? (laughs) Although I will say the millennials, they like that boss lady. 
concept. Ah, true. So, I mean, it's still around. It, it is. It's still because it's classy and will always be in style. Yep. All right, what's the next one? All right. Uh, there are a couple of these. One is hold your head high when you walk or stand up straight. All right. So, yeah, yeah. your, your mom definitely said that to you. Stand up straight, hold your head high. What, what can we take away from that? Well, I think it's another one on it will determine how you're treated. If you mm. look like you respect yourself, if you look like I am standing tall, I am standing proud, then I think it translates. There's definitely a sense of confidence that comes with how you carry yourself. If you're, you know, if you're looking down, that kind of that kind of communicates a lack of self-worth and confidence. And so when you are taught to carry yourself with a sense of confidence and belief by standing tall or holding your head high, you command, like we said, you kind of command a higher level of respect and attention in, in a good way. Yeah. And I don't think it's just exclusive to how other people treat you. I think it's also how you perceive yourself. Because so many things in life, when our actions, often our actions have to precede our attitudes. Mm. So if we are standing tall and confident, then we start feeling more confident. We start believing in ourselves a little bit more. And so you, you, your mom was right. You know, look it, act it, you'll feel it. I'm going to make this funny because that's how I roll. Um, <laughs> it makes me think of when I was in concert band and I had to sit up really straight to play with play my trombone. Uh-huh. It taught me to sit up straight and carry myself with a with a better posture. And it also makes me think of the silly quote that I only look down to admire my shoes. Uh, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold your head high, ladies. Look at that. Taking ladies from the first one right into the second one. <laughs> I like it. All right. The next one. Ooh, this is important. Okay. Girls who talk about other girls will most likely talk about you too. Mm, that is Mama so was right true. on that one. She was. And you didn't believe it at the time. You thought, surely not. They're not, not. About me. My friend would never do that to me. Yeah, and you don't want to hang around with the girls who are in the gossip group. You mm-hmm. don't want to. Yeah. You definitely don't want to be her, first of all. And you don't want to be friends with her. It's hard, though. We girls, we're kind of crappy. <laughs> <laughs> and we're great, too. Yeah, we're awesome. But we're we're gossipy and... We don't actually want to be that way. Well, and you have to know that whatever is done around you, whatever is said to you about someone else, they really are doing the same thing with other people. You know, it's a pattern. Yeah, it's that kind of thing where it's just kind of a reminder of to pay attention to the character of the people you're associating with. One, because it's going to rub off on you. And two, because they're going to say it about you as well. Um, We actually had a question recently at the Grit and Grace Project Ask Dr. Zoe column. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. But we had somebody submit a question on how to avoid allowing this in her friend group. And so I think we called it how to avoid gossip among friends. So I'll put Zoe's answer in there because it's always excellent advice. Love it. This next one, Julie, I know I said to my daughters. Oh, good. Okay. I mean, I did raise them in the South, so that does clarify it a little bit. (laughs) But you make eye contact and say, yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. Do they still do it? Yeah, they actually do. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I when when somebody calls me, ma'am, I'm like, stop it. I'm not 94. <laughs> I know. But it. I also think in the background, like, that's respectful. And I think that's the basis of it. It's not that you have to say, ma'am and sir, the rest of your life, um, but you do show other people respect. And the making eye contact part of it, mm. again, you're connecting. 
You're connecting with other people. Yeah. Um, You actually said that being able to make eye contact and show respect in that way is imperative for, you know, the life skill of job interviews, college interviews. Like those are important life skills that you teach by teaching your children to to do these things. Yeah. So if you're trying to impart this in your 13-year-old and they're rolling their eyes or turning their back. Or looking down at their phone. I mean, this is a serious problem. Nobody even looks at you anymore. It's true. You text people. Yeah. So keep at it because it will matter in their life. They will be the ones that are set apart that they're able to hold eye contact. All right. Here's one. Don't talk with your mouth full. That's just plain rude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but I do it sometimes. Um, But yeah, this is about consideration of others around you, right? It's it's about carrying yourself with class, but also just being considerate. Yeah. And that's a really important thing. And if it's as simple as you need to swallow before you talk, (laughs) then moms keep saying the same thing over and over again. Don't talk with your mouth full. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I also just add this in? I mean, it's not on the sheet, but also learn to talk. I mean, something I catch myself saying to Lincoln all the time is use your words. Ah. Use your words. One, stop mumbling. Two, stop whining. (laughs) And three, communicate. What are you frustrated about? What's going on? Tell me with words what's happening. Okay. So swallow, don't mumble, (laughs) and then talk. Actually have conversations. That's good, Julie. I mean, these days, nobody talks anymore. We're texting. (sighs) Don't get, don't get me started. And I, you know, we're emojiing, which I love emojis. It is my favorite way to communicate, but we've got to teach our children to speak too. Look somebody in the eye and speak. Look, do, because there is so much to actually looking at someone and seeing how they feel how they're reacting, what they're thinking. You can see that, not on a phone, you can see that on Mm -hmm, a face. mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, my son's only four and a half, but I've had moments with him where you can tell he's frustrated that I'm trying to get him to talk about whatever it is he's frustrated about and he wants to give up. He wants to just grunt and walk away. And I'm like, no, we're going to talk this through. We're going to learn to be talking people. We are a talking family. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we do know you are. (laughs) Just a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right. Here's another one, Julie, that moms say all the time. All right. If you fall out of the tree and break your leg, don't come running to me. I, I've said that one. I've I've never heard or said that phrase, but the idea, I get, it, I get it. You know why? Because people don't climb trees anymore. Oh, okay. They should be climbing trees. Look but... you in the eyeballs before you climb a tree. <laughs> Go climb the tree. Okay, so maybe I haven't heard that phrase, but tell me what you're communicating with that because I think I know the life lesson from it. Well, I think you went... A child to risk some things and actually go climb a tree. But you want them to be careful, too. It's finding that line between take risk, but be smart. (laughs) And be smart. And that I am not always going to be your rescuer. Uh There are consequences with things. And figure it out. Figure it out. I'm not always going to bail you out. So I think it's a full lesson in that particular phrase. I mean, especially with raising boys, there's something about their adventurous little spirits that you don't want to temper it too much. You do want them to be, you know, uh, go-getters and um, risk-takers, but be able to analyze the risks that they're taking, be able to, you know, suck it up, for lack of a better word. There's a phrase that didn't make the sheet that, (laughs) I mean, we're just leaving that one there. Um, But, you know, learn from, you know, the risks that they take, accept the consequence, and move on. Yeah, for sure. And I do think in the culture of bailing our children out, it's really important that you you let them know you're always going to be there for them, 
But they need to be cautious because you're not going to bail them out of everything that they get into. I'm going to add that to my repertoire of what I'm going to say to Lincoln. But I have to figure out where the closest tree <laughs> is. You're going to have to find some trees. First. And palm trees don't work. You oh, cannot no. scale a palm tree. Not at all. Here's the next one. I don't know is not an answer. Mm. Boom. Uh, yeah, that's another conversation starter. You, Your child looks at you, you ask a question, and they say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Think harder. Yeah. <laughs> Critical thinking, moms. Yes. That's what we're teaching. Yes, that's what you're... It's time to... What you're saying when you say think harder or <laughs> that's not an answer, you're reminding them that they've got to make a decision. This is a moment where they need to, you know, after listening to episode 76, how to make a decision, <laughs> they need to weigh the options and make a decision. At some point, your child's going to be in school, going to be oh, learning things. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing. But there is not a piece of homework or a test in the entire world where I don't know is the correct answer. So it's not even an acceptable answer. It's not something, unless they really don't know and they want more information, so they're going to go research it, that's fine. But it's usually just a default, Yeah, something they fall back on. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want our kids to be learning early that they can just cop out with, I don't know. We've got to teach them to take a stand, stand for something, even if they have to back it up and defend themselves for why they think this or that. We want to teach them to be able to communicate those kinds of things. So the next time your child looks at you and just wants you to leave them alone and says, I don't know, you don't give up. Who do you say, all right, I'll give you a few minutes to think about that and let me know your answer. I like that. Got it. Yep. All right. Well, this actually follows kind of right behind that pretty well. This is one we've all said today. Um, <laughs> I have it. My children are growing. Okay. <laughs> I, I bet you say it to Brock though. Yeah, I probably Brock, do. your grandson. Yeah. It's so confusing that you call your husband Brock and yet it's his last name and then you have baby Brock. It's hard. It's hard for us. I know. It's confusing. But okay. So be it. But you've said this. Because I said so. Yeah, I hated that when my mom said that to me. I absolutely Everybody that, hated it. That's not an argument. That is not a defense for whatever you want me to do. But it really is. Okay, so what does this phrase teach us then? Someone is in charge. And it's not you. Yep. <laughs> if you're the child, it is not you. And, you know, it's not that I don't want my child to understand why I want them to do something when it's appropriate. But a lot of times it's just they tell you every reason why they don't want to do it over and mm -hmm. over and backwards and forwards. And at some point you go, hey, I'm in charge. You're not. Yeah. I remember telling my daughters once, someday you will be the mom and you can say this to them. Oh, that's so true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I say to Lincoln, my form of this is, who's in charge? Hey, remember? Who's in charge? And sometimes he says, God. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Smart okay, touche. To which I then say, and he put me in charge of you. Boom. <laughs> but yeah, we've got to teach our kids that there is a line of authority. There is someone who makes the decisions, and more often than not, it is not them. Although, unless we're talking about, hey, it's time to make a decision. Yeah. I don't know is not an answer. Um, but at the end of the day, they need to know when we mean business, we mean business. And they're not going to get to wiggle out of it. And they're not going to convince us or wear us down and get their way because we're the parent. And you are not the last authority that they're going to have in their lives. They're going to have teachers. They're going to have professors. They're going to have Bosses. Em bosses, employers. They are going to have other people they're accountable to and have to respect their authority. Yep. 
So even though this phrase is annoying, it actually teaches our children something very important. So maybe we just need to unpack it a little bit more. Yeah. Not just flat because I said so, but because I'm your mother and you do what I say and you can trust me. And there you go. Okay, this is for the girls. Cross your legs when you sit in a skirt or make sure your skirt and shirt are pulled down. This makes me think of middle school. Does my skirt or my shorts reach two inches below my fingertips? Eye roll. But there is a lesson to be learned here. What is it, Dar? You want your child to be modest. You want them to be careful. I mean, I came from the era where mini skirts were really just being introduced. We were wearing those short little skirts, and the water fountains were great places for the boys (laughs) to stand behind, okay? Yeah, it was not probably the best thing because you had to learn how to bend your knees and, you know, all the stuff to try to not flash anybody. But that's it. You want your little girl to be in a flash-free zone. (laughs) No wardrobe malfunctions for our little girls, right? But ultimately what we're trying to teach here is that it's actually sexier to leave something up to the imagination, right? Yeah. You know what? It really is. I mean, these days that's not the cultural trend, but you can be attractive and cute without giving it all. (laughs) And we think that's how it should be. And you want your daughters to be that way. You know, I've always said, if you look like you're going to play, you'll be asked to play. If you look like you're ready to do whatever, then you'll be asked to do it. If you don't, you're a little more protected from expectations of someone else. What's the flip side here? How do we teach our boys to maybe even not have the straying eye or, you know, to... You, you said something about the water fountain. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, how don't do I say to Lincoln, there. like, don't do that. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Do I just say that? Don't yeah. be that guy? Like, I, I be think a gentleman? I think be a gentleman, be a lady. And I think that's part of it is you want your child to respect the other gender. I mean, that's really yeah. important, especially in today's culture that's so sensitive to it. They don't need to walk on eggshells. But, you know, you want your boy to, okay, if you, if all of a sudden you see something that you think, whoops, well, quit looking. Yep. So I guess I'll tuck that one away. We'll be having that conversation one day soon. All right. What's the next one? Oh, I've heard this one a million times. If everyone jumped off the cliff, would you do that too? I remember hearing that and always thinking, of course not. But the real truth is, is I was always kind of following along and doing whatever the crowd was doing. You know, those middle school years, high school years, when you're really just trying to be so cool, that's when you use that phrase a lot. Yeah. And when I was in high school, all my friends and I went to the lake and we did jump off the cliff. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not exactly what this phrase means. It means don't follow bad decisions. Yeah. Don't follow the crowd just because everyone's doing it doesn't mean... That's what you should be doing. And you know what? We need to remember this even today in our grown-up lives. Just because, you know, the cool thing nowadays is to do or say or be one way or the other. No, be bold and just be you. Go your own way. Know yourself, know your values, and hold true to them. All right, next one, Julie. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. (laughs) I like that one. I'm not saying anything. Who am I? Uh, <laughs> this one, this one is so hard for me because I always have something to say, but I don't always need to have something to say. That's true. That's part B of that is you don't always have to be talking, but you know, our words should be kind. We want our children's words to be kind. We want to emphasize to them that they need to think 
before it comes out of their mouth. If it's not going to be gracious and encouraging or supportive, if it's going to be negative or cynical or hurtful, don't say it. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. There's that balance of like being able to encourage your child to be honest with you and to share, you know, needs and wants and feelings, but we don't have to say everything that comes into our brains. (laughs) No. And what you said about not sometimes not saying anything, we women always like to have the last word. Guilty. Yeah, we do. We absolutely want to have the last word. And sometimes we need to not. We need to quit talking and let somebody else complete the thought. And you you know, sometimes we look smarter when we're not talking than we do when we are talking. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And I think the other kind of sister phrase to that is, it's okay to be seen and not heard. Mm, yeah, that is good. So you got to look good if that's going to happen. You got to be, you know, if you're going to be seen and not heard, you got to be all dressed up and ready to go. Latote needs to have come into your mailbox. With your long enough skirt. Yeah. (laughs) And your nice shoes where you're holding your head high. (laughs) Love it. Oh, yeah. But that that little line there, though, Dar, that that hits me right, right in the heart that you don't always have to have the last word. That's something that I could grow in a little bit more. Would you agree? Um, no, because I'm going to say kind and encouraging words. Oh my gosh, I love you. I want to be like you when I grow up because you're so classy and ladylike. Oh, so we believe that these phrases that our mom said to us that we really hated at the time are actually something to learn from, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we want to end it with one phrase that hopefully your mom said to you, but you know what? Even if she didn't, this is the kind of phrase you want to be saying to your children. This is the kind of phrase you want them to remember hearing from you frequently because it is the kind of thing that will instill confidence and hope in them. And it is, I love you to the moon and back. Mm. And that makes you feel so good and so treasured. Right? It's, it's about giving your child security and a sense of worth that regardless of what they do, what they say, what they don't do, don't say, that you're going to love them no matter what. What I wouldn't have given, Dar, to have this phrase said to me. I know. I know. I mean, this is not something I heard. And with my personality and my temperament... I desperately wanted to hear these words, but it it motivated me to want to, you know, make something of myself and whatever. I'm still trying to do that. But I, I've made a point to frequently say to Lincoln how much I love him. Yeah. And I think it, it is on us as mothers to break cycles, mm. you know, to change. Maybe some of the ways our mother talked to us was negative. Maybe it was discouraging or defeating. That does not mean... We have to do that with our children. In fact, it should motivate us to, all right, that really hurt me, so it's not happening in my house and it's not coming out of my mouth. So, you know, choose the phrases that encourage or you could choose the ones that kick their hiney a little bit. That's okay too, but you're doing it to make your child better. Yes, ma'am. Love that. Well, we got to end this one with a quote. So we've been quoting moms all show long, (laughs) but we still want to wrap this things your mama told you or should tell you or meant to tell you show up with something that could inspire the way you interact with your children the rest of today and on into the next weeks of your grit and grace life. You want to read it for them, Dar? I sure do. We don't know who this came from, but we all should feel this way. I don't want my children to follow in my footsteps. I want them to take the path next to me and go further than I could have ever dreamt possible. 
I bet there's a mama or two who has been encouraged by this episode, but is maybe left needing a few more resources in order to instill this kind of confidence into her kids. So mm-hmm. I want to point you to the book written by ours truly. Oh, what you, would that be, Julie? That would be your book, Raising ah. Great Girls. Help for Moms to Raise Confident and Capable Daughters, Perfection Not Required. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes. We haven't done that in a while, but that's definitely a great resource. But I also want to send you back to two previous conversations that we've had right here on the show. That is all for the mama. First would be episode 45, Stop the Mommy Wars, Every Mm. Mama's Doing Something Right. And that was a good one, Love that chat about every mom style has value and some good points to it. Yep. And then on episode 63... We call that one, These Strategies Will Help You Raise Great Kids, and that's got some good practical advice for every mama in it as well. Yeah, those are good ones. Well, here's to another week of instilling grit, grace, and confidence in your kids. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project online magazine. Whether you're listening in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or streaming the show, be sure to take a couple moments to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss the next episode. You can also share the show with a friend you think might enjoy living a grit and grace life with us. Every week we share all the details on everything we discuss in the episode at thegritandgraceproject.org. We'll catch you on the next one.